You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett, and I have only one job with this show is to find the greatest coaches, best teachers in all of dentistry to help you improve your practice and your life. And today I have three amazing, unbelievable coaches. I love them. They are awesome human beings and fabulous coaches. Christina Byrne, Angela Heffman, and Heather Crockett. And today we examine how to help your patients take treatment seriously by being very intentional with your language. This is crazy important to you as a dentist and for your team. When you get really good with your language and how you communicate, you'll be able to help more people and you'll have a way more fun doing it. So make sure you check out the episode. I know you'll enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. This is so fun for me. Like I get to hang out with really smart people and ask them questions and learn from them. And you're going to do the same today. And I have three amazing, brilliant, unbelievable, I can't even stop, like coaches on here to help us today, help you today, whether you're going to drive, you're cutting the grass, cleaning the garage. I always come up with those. I don't know why, but like, um, and you're listening to this podcast, how to help your patients take treatment seriously. Now, you know, this is a big deal because when you and your team are all on the same page, using the right language, it can transform the experience for the patient where they can understand the treatment at a much higher level. You can truly help people at a much higher level. And this whole thing becomes that much more meaningful. So you're going to want to listen to this. And I've got three amazing coaches on. I've got Christina on today, Angela and Heather. Thank you guys for being on. Thanks. Hi, everyone. Be here. Yeah, it's so much fun. Now, normally I'd have you guys do bios on who each one of you is. Maybe we'll do that. (laughs) But you know, Chris, can you just, you're the kind of the director of operation. You're not kind of, you are the, like, who are the coaches you're here? You're just what, minimizing what? language. Oh, you. I did. <laughs> I did. you. Darn what it. not to do, what not to say. You guys, you see, so I'm a student just like you. So if you're listening, I'm in the same boat. I'm, it's a practice. It's like yoga. You never get it perfect. You got to just start. So Chris, tell us who coaches are. What do coaches do? Our coaches are pretty amazing here. So what do they do? 
They're awesome. So gosh, I mean, they, they work so hard to help all of our clients get the practice that they want and the life that they want. And, um, and, you know, just have, have a great practice, great life and put systems in place and not work so hard. And I mean, all of it, all of the above these, and these ladies are spectacular. I mean, I just couldn't say more about how awesome they are. They're just great coaches. Their clients love them. There are, they are, they are, but Chris, I don't need a coach. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say? Like, I don't, why would I need a coach? Like, come on, man. I listen to podcasts. I do all these downloads. I take courses. I don't need a coach. I like, I know how to do this. Right. Oh, sure. Sure you do. And how about your team? How do they feel? Uh, are no, you, don't ask them. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that, I think that's one of the big things too, is that we, we are not just the coach of the doctor. We're the coach of the whole team and because it is a team effort. And, um, and a lot of times the doc is so you're just too close to it, right? As the doctor, you're too close to see everything. So the beauty of having a coach is that we have that 30,000 foot view of the practice and the flow, and and we can kind of put some pieces into the right spots for you. Um, Thinking about, you know, I like to do the analogy of a golf coach, right? You don't, when you're, swinging a golf club, you can't see yourself swinging a golf club. So that's what your coach is there for, to see you in action and help you to make the improvements to have a better swing. Love it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. And we're going to do exactly that today. We're going to help you improve a lot in your practice. Now let's, let's start here like this. Let's start in the why. I always like the why first, like, why is this such a big deal? The three of you are amazing coaches. You coach practices all over the United States. Why is this problem so big in dentistry? Well, the problem that we're talking about is using minimizing words when we're explaining treatment to our patients, right? Why is this so big? Because if you're, if you're going to the doctor's office and they tell you that you have cancer, they're going to tell you what stage of cancer it is. And then you understand at what level, what degree that cancer is at. We need to use the same outline in dentistry in order for our patients to understand the diagnosis that we're recommending. Yeah. And let's define minimizing language. Give me a couple of examples. Like, I don't know if we're doing it. Now, as you hear the coaches say this, you're going to go, oh my gosh, I heard that four times yesterday. So what's, what is minimizing language and what does it do for the patient as an experience? It's any oh. phrase or word that you use that makes what you're doing seem, or not necessarily even what you're doing, but could be what you're doing, what you're seeing, what they're experiencing, less than what it actually is. So an example of that might be using you know, you have a little bleeding or you have a, a, a little, um, you know, a little cavity or, or it's just a crack, just you know? A, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just cleaning, just a cleaning. <laughs> right. Would this be considered one? Like we're going to watch it. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> watch it do what flips. Like, what are we going to watch it? Do, you're, you know? So you're not just talking to three coaches here. You're also talking to three hygienists. Ooh, so. I, from my perspective, I know I tend to be a little bit more assertive when I was in clinical hygiene and I don't want to say aggressive, but I, I hated when the doctor would say we were going to watch something because, you know, from us, like we got to see the patient when they sat down in the chair 
from what they have done or not done in the last six months. And so I know that this patient doesn't live in the same household with his toothbrush. And so the doctor doesn't know that when he or she comes in because I've done such a great job of making them look good (laughs) and removing that plaque and calculus and stain. So from a patient or from the hygienist perspective, we tend to be a little bit more on the aggressive side because we know what that patient looks like and what their home care is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably my least favorite one is a little, you know, think about this. What if your doctor said, well, you're a little pregnant. No, you're either pregnant or you're not. Or, hey, don't worry. It's a little embezzlement that's going on in your practice, you know, <laughs> or like you alluded to like a little cancer. No, you you have cancer or you don't have cancer. And I think the important thing is you just being clear as someone taking care of somebody and not worrying too much about how they're well received. Because you see the progression of these these conditions. They don't fix themselves. Mm-hmm. Like perio disease just doesn't take care of itself. Inflammation just doesn't kind of figure it out. There's always a symptomatic reason. So, you know, the genesis of this, the whole part is that language matters. And if you guys have been following a podcast or listening to anything, we're big fans of helping your team use the right language. In previous master classes, we created this document. It's really one of our most requested documents, say this, not that. And we're not going to go into that, but like it's, it's literally a framework to help your team take the language that they're using now and just reframe it. And again, like the beginning of the podcast, don't expect perfect. As you already heard, like I catch myself all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to say that. So walk us through this. Where do I start? What do you what do you guys think? Like I'm a dentist listening. Where do I start? I would start with just listening to yourselves. Right. I I can remember going into practices and, um, you know, talking about this same exact thing and having the teams practice it. Right. So, you know, literally sitting in the operatory and have the doctor, you know, have one of the team members pretend to be the patient and the doctor talk about what he or she is saying. And one, one practice in particular I was observing and it wasn't a real patient. It was one of the team members, but the doctor was saying a little cavity or a little bit of bleeding. And I said, and I would pipe in and say, how much bleeding? Oh, <laughs> much cavity? Because <laughs> it's so ingrained, right? We feel like we have to wear our patients' diseases. I worked with a doctor years ago, and um, I won't say who, but that doctor would apologize when um, when they would see something. So they might find a cavity. I'm so sorry you have a cavity. Like, no, you're not sorry. They did this on their own. You had nothing to do with it. <laughs> right. So and Chris, I love, sorry, go ahead. I was just to say, we're so ingrained to, you know, that we want to help our patients so much, but we're not helping them if we're not being honest with them. Yes. Yeah. And I love what you said too, is that it, like, we don't have to wear it, it. It isn't ours. The patient needs to own that this is their their diagnosis, they have periodontal disease, not we found mm-hmm. you, you have periodontal disease, right? Yeah. Um, yes. And that takes the onus off of the, pre- of, off of the practice owner, the doctor and the team members too, is to say you have. And um, to Chris's point too, like backing up all of your recommendations and diagnoses with some kind of data, right? Especially when it comes to periodontal disease, if we're not, if we're not perio charting our mm-hmm. patients, right? What information do we have to back up that diagnosis? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you just say this tooth is a little wiggly, like, so <laughs> that's all right, right? Like, so what if it's Oh a my gosh, wiggly? I hope nobody is saying wiggly. <laughs> Unless hey. you're a pedodonic office. <laughs> yeah, we're having, hopefully you're having fun by listening to this podcast. But, like, but it's important. The language thing matters. And, and again, I'll just, I'll do the larger view and you're going to see our coaches are brilliant helping you know, dentists navigate this, but really as a dentist, like one of your favorite things is helping one of your favorite people, which is the patient get healthy. So don't feel the onus of like, Oh my gosh, I gotta feel like I gotta sell dentistry. No, it's not selling if you're truly helping and how patients, you know, take treatment seriously is when you don't use 17 sentences to describe something. It's really simple. It's clear. Try this, try saying a more with fewer words. It's a great practice. Like don't try to sugarcoat things. What are some other things people can notice? Uh, So that's the dentist. Now you're also going to see it as a team. And then Heather, I'd love for you to loop in the uh, project that one of our teams is doing on the minimizing language jar. Like I like that whole idea. So yeah. Do you want me to start with that? Well, I kind of threw two questions into the room. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Where do you, you want to go first, Kirk? <laughs> you know, my brain's really small and it's constantly moving. So I don't know. Go ahead, Chris. No, I, I was going to say Angela looked like she had something to say. Oh, Angela. Oh. Well, I was just going to say that it's not always about like minimizing the treatment. Sometimes it's minim- we're minimizing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like we might be doing an oral cancer screening. And instead of just saying that we're doing an oral cancer screening, we might say something like, um, you know, I'm just going to check for, you know, anything that looks abnormal or, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. And it's no, like you're doing a, a very important screening for the patient and they need to know that part of it too. And same thing when you're doing x-rays or taking a pan, you know, you're checking for very specific things and you can mention that you don't just have to say like, you know, Oh, I'm just, you know, just looking for, for this or that, just Mm -hmm. making sure the patients understand the value of what your, your exam or your diagnostics are too. Yeah. We know that the patient, the patients value that, right. They they'll value it more and, and ask, right. If it's been a couple of years and they haven't had that pan and you explain to them the reasons why you take a panoramic x-ray, they're good. They're going to, they're going to ask, right. The, the good patients that you want there in your practice, they're going to ask and say, we haven't taken that big x-ray. You know, the one that goes around my head, we haven't done that in a while. When do we need to do that again? Mm -hmm. Love that. The reason to take bite wings is not because you're due. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so follow their lead. I'll only add this. Like, it's always better to be clear. Don't try to be nice in these. Now, I'm not telling you to be mean. We talk about this all the time. It's my biggest problem is like, (laughs) just be clear. You know, don't be, don't try to like sugarcoat everything when it comes to a patient's condition. And like you said at the beginning, Chris, it's not, their condition is not your responsibility. You know, they are there, they're to get your help. Um, Other you know, let's go into other aspects of things that are said every day. We have all these words that fly around, like scaling, root planing, debridement. Like debridement sounds like you're just going to take my wallet while you're in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Scaling sounds like something on a fish. Planing sounds, my dad used to have the Black and Decker plane. Like you're going to plane something? Like not on me, you know? So (laughs) I think the language, so what, what, what can we be aware of when it comes to language at least in hygiene on those aspects. 
when it comes to talking about scaling and root planning, right? And and when I was a clinical hygienist, and this is what I also um, talked to my teams about, is using the same verbiage that the insurance company is going to use when they get that explanation of benefits. So oftentimes we'll say deep cleaning or periodontal therapy. If we say scaling and root planning, that's the exact same thing that's going to show up on that patient's explanation of benefits. So they are going to connect the dots and know that we we did what we said we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but then then you can explain to the patient what that procedure looks like and and tell them, you know, without minimizing words, but in layman's terms, <laughs> exactly what that is, right? Um, so I would usually say something to the effect of, uh, I need to go below the gum tissue, okay, where you cannot clean yourself at home with a toothbrush or floss. I'm going to use special instrumentation to make sure I remove as much of that plaque and calculus as I possibly can. And we're going to, in some cases, smooth that surface so that bacteria cannot attach itself and wreak havoc again. Love it. Perfect. And I think that that is really helpful. And even when you're trying to distinguish between a prophy and a perio maintenance, that's a great way to explain it. And I would do that same thing too. Like I have a whole different set of instruments that I use when it's this procedure versus the other procedure um, because of the fact that we have to go below the gum tissue or I have to go below the gum tissue and the, the instruments for a healthy cleaning are not are not supposed to go below the gum tissue. Right. And because as a patient, that's a critical moment when you as a clinician experience infection, you know, so your language has to shift. Yeah. And so there's moments where that shift when you see infection, it's not a little infection, you know, it's infection. Um, so um, also too, as a hygienist, if you're listening, there's pivotal moments where you're going to end to transition to different care, which is you're talking about. And then you're going to get these questions. Well, what deep cleaning now, what do you, what the hell you've been doing for all these years? Now we're going to do a deep cleaning. And I think that's where this language comes in and we have to help them value at the same level uh, ultimately. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what Chris was talking about before, like it, it's very uncomfortable to start using language that you haven't been using. Um, but I love Kirk, what you say all the time and we take it from Rachel Wall. Tell me, tell me your feelings, your philosophy on periodontal disease. Okay. Now tell me, what are you doing to support what you just said? And if you're still feeling uncomfortable with it, have a role play session and practice during a team meeting so that, so that you can get used to and get so that it's comfortable. I have a team that I'm working with. So Kirk, I'm going to fulfill what your, your question was. I have a team who is really struggling with this. It's hard, right? It's really, really hard to change your language. And, um, so they have a jar. It's the minimizing language jar. Every time somebody says, little or just, they have to put their name in the jar and their team helps them say, oh, doctor, you said little decay again. You got to stick it in the jar, right? And so then at their team meeting, they pull it out and they read about it. And okay, how can we make this better? Okay. And every week it, it seems to be less and less, which is good, but it's a, it's a good reminder for the entire team to, to help each other out and to keep each other accountable to that language. Yeah. And would you put it in the same bucket as people always say, don't say the word, but. You know, I'm going to tell you something, 
But and then the the age old adage is you just completely negated the first part of the sentence. So minimizing language, would you guys put that in the same boat as like you might as well not even say it if you're mm-hmm. just going to say a little because very few oftentimes you can say, yeah, it's a little you got a little inflammation, a little decay. And they go, yeah, let's just take care of that right now. More often than not, they're going to devalue it the way you just did. True. Yeah. If it's Absolutely. just a little, why bother? <laughs> It yeah. came to a head at my office when we would see patients in hygiene. And then if the doctor happened to have time in their schedule, they would do the restoration that day. And oftentimes the doctor would minimize it, you know, and say like, oh, like this little, you know, little cavity, I can do a little filling. We might not even have to use anesthetic. And he would totally minimize it. Um, and then guess what would happen when they went up front to pay? Well, they didn't have a little fee. (laughs) They had the same fee (laughs) as they've always been charged. And so what we did at my office is anytime the doctor, this kind of reminds me of your example, Heather, um, anytime the doctor said a minimizing word during an exam, the hygienist or the assistant would lightly tap the dentist on the top (laughs) of his shoe. (laughs) at, At first he would be like, you know, look up like what? And then he realized like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm doing it. Um, right. And that would be Love kind that. of a, a chance to recover on the spot and say, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm so glad we caught it early because this is going to get, you know, bigger. And so that was kind of a, a nice on the spot sort of thing to do. That's a good idea. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to do what I did to Kirk at the beginning of the podcast and <laughs> call them out in front of everybody. <laughs> I love it though. You should like, no, well, no, I no. Think... We can't do that in front of a patient. <laughs> oh yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. We'll just do it in front of thousands of listeners. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. No, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. But you know, the truth of it is, is it is hard to change your language. I mean, the older you get, you lose this adaptive capability. Like you, I've just been saying this for 20 some years and the doctor I bought it from the practice said it, and we've always done it that way. So the point is this, is that as you're proactively noticing this, you're sitting down talking with your team. I want to ask you, you know, you're going to start to change the language of the entire practice. I have two other questions is number one, um, you know, do you, I, I would encourage you, you guys coach practice and celebrate, you know, when it happens and we always talk about this, like a lot of the learning that we do, it's, um, you know, it's in the moment and sometimes it's punitive. It's like, it's something bad happened. Let's teach this moment, but we also need to celebrate. And that's not a good way to look at things, but a good thing when somebody changes their language, like that might be a great thing to bring to the huddle yesterday and go, okay, a couple things, Mrs. Finelli came in and, you know, I always use Mrs. Finelli. We're going to meet her someday, but like, uh, you know, we change our language and here's what happened, right? We can celebrate it the next day. I think anytime you're actively working on something with a coach or with your team and everybody kind of knows about it, it's something that's much easier to talk about. So if you're trying to get better at scanning or you're trying to get better at, um, you know, communication like this example or your pit stop, you know, if you can acknowledge that you're working on it, then it's much easier later to talk about it, too. Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing that I'll add as as you're going down this path to minimize your minimizing language, you like that? Um, you've got to have a place to document things. You guys heard us mention, say this, not that. Because as a dentist, 
your team is going to evolve. They're going to grow and you're going to go, I thought we talked about that like a year ago. And then you're going to go crazy because you're like, we've talked about this 10 times. <laughs> when you're doing this, put it in writing somehow, some way, whether it be in the say this, not that thing, or as you clinically calibrate, you put it on three by five cards, make sure what you're discussing with your team is written somewhere because you will inevitably have a new team member come in at some point. And you don't want to go, hey, don't worry, I'll just carve out seven hours and train them on what we've been talking about. So we've got to have it in writing somewhere, this language, right? Because if it isn't writing, it doesn't exist. For sure. And, and I think it helps too. You know, we have to think about this, even though these seem like clinical examples, the entire team needs to be calibrated on this too, because that patient is going to go to the front desk and schedule and you don't want your admin team member to say, okay, let's get that little cavity scheduled for you. You know, we can't say, oh, that's a clinical thing. So we, we have to do this across the board. Every single person on the team has to be aligned and calibrated on what to say. Yeah. And the benefit ultimately will help patients. I mean, patients are going to take treatment more seriously, but I want to do a shout out to one of our clients. Her name is Dr. Miranda Peter. And if you're listening, like it was a really cool moment for us on the masterclass on Wednesday. She's like, she's like, well, I'm working on not only systems, but all so to say this, not that. And she, she described an unintentional benefit that was outside the realm of what we were talking about in the course. And she said, I'll just tell you, like, one of my favorite things is watching their confidence grow. You know, obviously there's benefits to doing all this, but there's, there's a huge benefit when your people that you employ, that you care about so much, you see their collective confidence grow. It changes the end. You know, I'm paraphrasing for her, but it was fun to watch. I don't even know what she said. It was the look on her face as she was <laughs> describing it that I'm like, I'm so proud of you. So there's, there's huge unintentional benefits of this. And when your team starts using the, all of the language, they start helping each other. It has this wild collective confidence that happens in your practice, right? Yep. That's yes. true. And the mm -hmm. patients will feel of that confidence. They like it, it permeates into your patient base, you know, as the more confident your team gets in these verbal skills, the more you'll see your treatment plan acceptance numbers go up and your schedules are full. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Like, I never want to go to a non-confident provider. Like, I don't know. I'm not really sure. You know, I want to go. Somebody who's like, I, I do this all the time. No, we are really good at this. And let me tell you, what you have. I'm like, game on, you know? So remember people like confidence. Confidence is very, it's soothing when you're with somebody that has a lot of confidence. Now ego is a whole different thing, but when somebody's really confident, it's really, it's very helpful. Mm -hmm. So, cool. And it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, this is something that definitely has to be practiced in, you know, I, I think of it as, and I just said this with a team I was um, talking to just before this, that think about yourself as a football team, right? So when you're in practice, you're practicing against your teammates, you're practicing with each other so that when it's time for the real game, you know what to do in front of the other team. And so we can think about it the same way. So literally role play in the operatory at the front desk so that your brain has the muscle memory of having these conversations um, so that when it is game time and you're with the patient, You'll, you'll remember that you had this conversation already, even though it was with your team and it gives you the ability to, you know, make mistakes with your team. I heard, I heard something really good the other day. It was actually Dr. Short sent it to me, Dr. Richard Short, one of our members. 
And it was a video of someone saying, you know, practice makes what? And the audience came back and said, perfect. And he said, no, practice makes progress. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so great because we, you know, we think about this ideal of perfect. You're not going to be perfect. Just like get that out of your brain right now. Even if you've been doing it great for a year, you're going to slip up. There's going to be a day when you're sitting with a patient and you're going to say, oh, there's a little bit of bleeding here. Oh, how did I do that? (laughs) That's so, awesome. I yeah. love it. I love it. So but before the we fact that you can recognize that you've said it is. Yeah. Yes, that's even better. Yeah, right. Yeah. So let's we'll put a final bow on this and then I'll ask for some last thoughts on this. But let, I want to throw like, what's your least favorite one? Mine is a little. Here's a couple of just a bit, some. And let's give people some concrete ones. So you know, um, how would you coach me like a little, like to say, you know, you got a little decay, you got a little bleeding. Like, you just you know. eliminate the word. Yeah. Whoa, that. Okay. That was too easy. Like <laughs> you take out the word little. little, get rid you, of it. You have bleeding. You have an infection. You have decay. Like just get rid of a little. Okay. What about just same thing? Same thing. <clears throat> just take out the word just, I mean, this is crazy easy in this pocket. You're just, just usually <laughs> usually precedes a little. <laughs> it's just a little. Right. Yeah. What if I use a? You know, you have some a bit, just a little. Like, what if I use all four of them? Like that's. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> then we need to send you to boot camp. Then you need a coach. I know. <laughs> You're saying I love, all of them. You need a coach. You guys got to know. Right. I love working with these ladies. They're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, we we got to laugh. So. One of our coaches, yeah. Courtney, um, recommends to her clients that she that they say action words like your gums are bleeding your tooth is cracking your tooth is decaying um and i really love that i just heard that recently so you're taking it you're making it a verb Mm -hmm. i like that which which also implies this is this is happening right now so it's not like your tooth cracked and it's not going to crack anymore your tooth is cracking. I love that. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh my that's God. a huge yeah. nugget. I'm totally borrowing that. Oh yeah. I, I stole it instantly. <laughs> <laughs> another, another great gem that Courtney has, right. As you're, as you're talking about treatment recommendations, I, I snagged this from Courtney too. Um, <laughs> where's the gray, right? Cause they'll ask questions. Where's the gray and I'll make it black and white. Oh, Ooh, that's huge too. I love that. Because it's, a Courtney, it's another Courtney gem. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, let's just call that out. Some of us, myself included, love to live in the gray. You know, it's all right. I'll let Chris talk to you. <laughs> sure. Make me the bad guy. <laughs> oh, that's a huge nugget. I love that. So cool. Well, any last thoughts, you guys? I want to hear last thoughts from each one of you just on how to help patients take treatment more seriously. I'll, I'll start. Just grant yourself grace. Like you've been doing it one way for so long. Grant yourself grace. Start small. Even, you know, if even if you just eliminate one word, just focus on one of the words that we talked about and getting rid of that. And, and that, like Chris said, progress, not perfection in the beginning, for sure. Love it. I would say, think about it as a mind, mindset shift or a mind shift, right? So, so don't, you know, don't just like, start your morning huddle and say, okay, we're never going to say the word little anymore. Like we let's have a team meeting. Let's talk about the mind shift. Let's talk about the, you know, the pitfalls that might be there. Acknowledge that, you know, we, yes, we have done it this way for a long time and, and, you know, we're, we're going to make a shift 
and talk about it, talk about why it's important and then, and then start the process. Yeah. Love it. Ange, what are your thoughts? I'll just say that besides all the benefits that we've talked about, you know, your team growing in confidence, your schedules um, staying busy because people valuing their appointments, um, you guys accomplishing more treatment in the end, like this is all about patient's health. And if they understand what's going on in their mouth, we can get them closer to health. And I think that's the most important thing. Brilliant. So well said. Thank you guys so much. And I, I would say this as a, as you're listening to this, this is brilliant advice, brilliant coaching for everybody. It'll help everybody, it'll help your team. It'll help your patients ultimately. And here's my thought is like, if you're a dentist and you're listening to this and you enjoyed this, probably start here, share the podcast with them and go, Hey, I heard something. What do you guys think about instead of you coming in hot on Monday going, Hey, we do too much minimizing language. Let's change it all. They're all going to go, who the heck are you? Like just, <laughs> it's often good to bring in some help and just because maybe we can get them laughing, thinking a little bit. They can call you out a little bit. Make this learning piece a little bit fun. So I'd probably start there. Always look for ways that you can inject a little bit of fun learning. And if you're struggling even more, you can come to something like the best practice and seminar, but it's sold out. So we don't even have any until next March where we can tell your team, you know, some better ways to say things and you could be in the room too. So make sure you check all those out. We've got all those in advance and uh, a bunch of things to help. And at the end of the day, we just want to help you guys create a better practice and better life. So thank you guys for being on. I appreciate it. That was so fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Wait, Thanks. we got another hour yet. I have like a whole bunch. I got a bunch more cards. <laughs> just kidding. Next time. Love Next time. All right, Next I'll time. Stick around. <laughs> we'll stick around and say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening. Hey. If you enjoyed today, which I know you did, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends because we love it when you spread the word because we love this profession and keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. And until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching the best practices show. You guys have a great day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.